My biggest piece of advice now, looking back, is if you have to go into a room fighting, don't walk into that room. Hi, welcome to OKish Advice. I'm your host, Mila Martinico. And is it the best advice? Probably not. But it's advice, and we've been through it, so it's unsolicited. So... <laughs> Today we have Riley, Hi. which everybody knows I was on her podcast. And um, since our topic today is all about birth, I knew that I had to have you. My favorite subject to talk about. Like literally. For hours. Um, I could. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, obviously, like we have to have Riley on um, because I'm, you know, this is my little um, series about um, like parenting. Yeah. Motherhood. In motherhood. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and birth, you know, is what makes you a mother. So it's so important. And I feel like it's something that's always like looked over. Um, or yeah, isn't it though? Yeah. Yeah. Looked over. That's a good way to say it. Sorry. I'm tired. Um, okay. My, um, first question or wait, no, I forgot to do the introduction really. Um, no, you didn't. I didn't. No, you said okay, it's podcast. Is that the best advice? Not really. No, but the introduction about you. Oh. So, like, you're my friend, obviously. And um, you also had, like, traumatic birth experience. Yes. So, like, you know, that. Um, And I know that uh, you wanted to kind of just, you know, give a disclaimer out there about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So obviously, like I, I had my first son in 2020, yeah. which was just a tumultuous time to give birth. Um, and because it was my first baby, I thought I had to go to the hospital. And I'm kind of on the crunchier side, so I prefer. I've always wanted to have a home birth, and so, but because of a few different things, family-wise, with my husband. We just, nobody was comfortable with me staying home. And so I thought I had to go to the hospital. And I switched providers four times with my first son. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I ended up going to the hospital. And I was in a birthing center in the hospital. But it just was not a good thing. And I will probably go into a little bit more later. But it ended up being a very traumatic experience. And I um, then went on to have my second son. And I had my home birth. It was redemptive. It was beautiful. I had my... CPM it was amazing so I just wanted to like put a disclaimer out there that I'm going to be coming from a crunchier perspective yeah and that's not for everyone and if that's not what you want that is totally fine yeah and this is probably not the advice for you then yeah (laughs) uh with some of the things I'll be talking about but there's no shame there's no judgment my biggest thing is that everyone has the right to choose what they want for their birth and that they feel empowered to make decisions and that they get fully informed consent about everything. And that's kind of what I'm going to be harping on a little bit. Yeah. But I just really want people to know that if this is like, if we don't align, that is totally fine. And there's no shame or judgment. I at least hope you get something out of what I have to say about going in fully empowered and informed. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, that was actually put so beautifully. Like, I think one of the um, biggest things in any kind of situation, whether, you know, birth, medical, whatever, like we all need to make sure that we have all of the information mm-hmm. and that we are informed. Um, I, of course, like, um, you know, I've been through it with my births, 
And um, so I will also be coming from, you know, a more natural um, place. And, you know, there is, again, like, you know, I mean, with this birth right now, I have to have a cesarean. So, um, but there's a way to do that in a way that's like redemptive. Mm -hmm. And that's like been my biggest thing is like, you know, I want to have this like redemptive birth. That's what God's put on my heart. And so for whoever is listening, um, my prayer for you is that wherever God leads you, my dog, my God, Dolly just wants to be a part of the show. She's (laughs) like, please make me part of this. Um, she just wants love. She's like obsessed with me. Um, but you know, wherever God leads you to birth, you know, I just pray that, um, you have the best experience possible Mm -hmm. and that you are safe and that, um, you know, your baby is alive and healthy and whole Mm -hmm. and well. And, um, that's where my heart is. And, you know, people come after me like, oh, well, they're always after me. I really don't care. (laughs) So anyways, our first question from a viewer is, um, I am pregnant and planning my birth. What are your top suggestions that I add to my birth plan? Mm, I love this question, but I'm actually going to go before the birth plan for a second because I have learned, I used to be about the birth plan so much. I had a 20 page birth plan for my first son. Oh my God. Yeah. It was in a binder. Um, the nurses loved me, obviously. Um, they did not. So I love how extra you are though. I, I I felt like I had to be though, because like I mentioned earlier, I did not want to give birth at a hospital. And my biggest piece of advice now looking back is if you have to go into a room fighting, don't walk into that room. Wow. And what I learned from that experience, I mean, I, I changed providers four times and I still was not supported. And so what I learned from that experience is you are not actually obligated to commit to a provider right away in the beginning. You are allowed to interview them. You are allowed to go to appointments and ask them questions and make sure that they are someone that you feel supported by that is going to um, completely and totally back you up on whatever decision you make and give you fully informed consent. Yes. And so what I say before you even think about a birth plan is go and interview people, ask around, ask questions, make sure that you feel safe in your body with them just in an appointment like that and ask them questions like, um, how would you respond if I told you no when I'm in the middle of labor? How would you respond if I, like, are you prepared to support me and um, stand by me if I decline this 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 and this and ask them those questions and like see their response feel how it feels in your body when you're talking to them and telling them these things yeah um I feel like researching before you get pregnant if if and if not because sometimes it's not planned or sometimes that's just not (laughs) on the mind um taking those first couple of months to research like you do not have to commit to anyone in the beginning and obviously insurance makes that a little bit of a complicated thing sometimes right but um go lay down sorry interruption by dolly no you're fine it does not mean um you can always change you can always say no i don't care if you're 37 weeks and you don't feel safe with your provider all of a sudden you are allowed to say no you are in that birth room laboring if you're at a hospital or a birth center or whatever or even in your home yeah and suddenly you don't feel safe with someone on your birth team you are allowed to say I need you to leave because the most important thing your body needs is to feel safe. Dude. Whether you're having beautiful 
whether you have the epidural, whether you're going completely unmedicated, whether you're having a cesarean, you need to feel safe. Yeah. Because the literal chemical makeup of your hormones that is helping get that baby out. And then even after a cesarean, the way your hormones are working to heal postpartum and to provide your baby everything that they need for their immune system for the first six months it is vital that you feel safe. Yeah. So that is like my biggest piece of advice is please, please, please prioritize that. And then you can make your list of everything. And if you have a provide, like if you start off like that, if you start off praying and asking God for wisdom on who your provider is supposed to be, yeah. which is such like a trivial thing in some concepts, but like, but it's so we huge. should be prov- asking like God made that baby, made that baby, created that baby. And yeah. now, like, he can't give you the provider you need. He totally can. And so when I started my pregnancy off with my second praying about who my provider needed to be and interviewing people, completely changed the game compared to my first because I was so living in fear with my first. Yeah. And it translated throughout my entire pregnancy and then into my birth and into postpartum. And I will totally – it's totally not my fault, and I will own that, What of what happened to me. The providers were ne- negligent, and they were – totally out of line and even admitted it but I still allowed fear to rule that entire pregnancy experience and Mm. it totally translated through the whole thing so I really encourage you to like start off strong uh, because it really does make a huge difference in making sure that your your partner is on board with everything too that you're not having arguments in the delivery room or postpartum or like they don't feel like they have a voice making sure that they feel like they can voice themselves and their opinions to your provider is vital too because they might have to make decisions for you or communicate if heaven forbid something goes wrong and they need to know that their voice matters to that provider and you need to make sure that your provider is going to listen to your partner as well yes like that is so important so opening up those lines of communication um because then if you're starting off strong like if you decide to say no to the eye ointment and you decide to say no to vitamin k and you decide to say uh no to pitocin or no to a fully bulb or whatever it is that you don't want in an intervention that you don't want yeah which you totally get to make decisions about in my case i didn't want any of it and that wasn't respected so if i had just started with a provider that respected me when i said no then it really wouldn't matter what was on that birth list because it'll just come up as it comes up. Yeah. They want to give you the vitamin K injection now, you say no. They want to give you Pitocin post-birth to manage bleeding, which actually caused me to hemorrhage. Um, you can say no, and you know that they're not going to go behind your back and do it anyway. Right. Like they did with me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's just I, really, really important um, to start off with because then your birth plan is just kind of – whatever you want it to be and you get to go in just holding it loosely of like god lead this birth and like i one of the things that i did with my second was i prayed about how i wanted to feel during the birth rather than exactly how i wanted it to go because things it birth is unpredictable it's never going to go the way that you want it to go it's not going to be I go into labor at this point. My water breaks at this point. Contractions go at this point and i push at this point textbook it's not it's never going to happen so Put your expectations to the side. I'm a total fan of having desires and like a general idea of how you want things to go because I think that's really beautiful. The people that say don't ever have a birth plan, I don't think that's fair either because I think it's totally okay to want to have desires around your birth. But if you at least set the like checklist to the side and just say, God, I want to feel peace. I want to feel held as I enter into labor land, which is totally real. And walk through this portal 
of where heaven and earth are meeting for this new child to come into the world. Like, I want to feel you there, and I want to know that I am safe and protected. And going into a birth in that way, it could not have been more beautiful or more redemptive. Not everything happened the way I wanted it to. I didn't get to give birth in my birth pool like I wanted to. I gave birth on the bed with Holden. But I still felt safe, and I felt protected. And God literally just, like, it was, like, I didn't even have to push. He just came out. That's like, amazing. It was incredible. And that was that was those things that I prayed for. And I just set them before the feet of God and just said, this is what I, I just want to do this with you. And I did not do that with my first. And I really think that things would have gone so much different, more different if I had. So I hope that answers the question. <laughs> that was so beautiful. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, gosh, there's like so many things that when you were talking like that was like running through my mind. And I think that my biggest issue with all of my births, because really like all of my births were like birth rapes. Mm. They were stolen from me. They were awful. You know, I had, you know, a stillborn. I've had miscarriages. I had a doctor who did a forced abortion on me against my will. Um, I've never really been able to say I have felt safe Mm. while pregnant with a doctor and um like I just it's gonna take me a while to process like everything that you just said because Mm. it's so good and I think that's like specifically what I'm gonna pray for um this time around um because you know my whole thing you know I is like doing the midwife for so long then going and switching to a doctor Mm -hmm. um and yeah that was just so beautiful yeah I would just encourage you to like ask God to go go ahead and prepare a room for me go ahead and prepare the right surgical team for me go ahead and prepare the people that are supposed to be on my birth team and the people that are supposed to be in the room that is such a huge thing that I think we take way too lightly of the literal humans who are there witnessing the birth of your child the beginning of a new life I mean that is powerful I don't want just a bunch of random nurses in there that I don't know, which nothing at all wrong to nurses. I completely and totally respect the job that they do. Yeah. But that is a huge privilege to be in a room. And that's why I think it just goes to the wayside of just another job of just, Hmm. I'm just a nurse at a hospital or I'm just an obstetrician or I'm just a midwife or just a doula. And I found, especially in the midwife and doula circles, it's held with more, um, it's held sacred more often. Yeah, like reverence. But there's, yeah, there's reverence around that. But like, I feel like that really needs to be like a, something that we change as women to say, no, I'm going to hold you accountable to the fact that this is a sacred space that I am inviting you into. Yeah. And if you cannot be respectful of that, then you can kindly leave. And you don't need to be here. Because most, 99.9% of the time, they don't need to be there. So... I mean, our, our bodies know what to do. Right. And obviously in the case of a cesarean, it's different, which I love the fact that you have just like gone to God with what, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. And he shows you that. And that is totally fine. And that's why I gave the disclaimer in the beginning of like, yeah, if that's not the path that you want or, or need, yeah, that is totally fine. But regardless of that, like even the nurses and the doctors that are going to be in the room with you when you deliver the sweet baby boy, like, yeah. So this weird. is still 
like God working through their hands to bring him yes. up. Like that's, um, that's incredible and that's sacred and that should be held with so much reverence and um, respect Yes, for you and for Matt and for the girls that he's going to be welcomed into. Like, so I just feel like there has to be kind of a culture shift around that of yes. this is not just another day in the office. This is incredible. Yeah. And I, but I think that just kind of has gone to the wayside with just how our society views life in general, which that could be a whole other episode. Oh my God. But, um, me on my little soapbox. Yeah. We, we don't want to go down that road today, but yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. Yeah. Okay. You have the next question. Okay. So, um, I'm going to read it. Um, I am newly pregnant and I had a traumatic birth with my first baby and I'm terrified to give birth. Ooh. how do I go into this? Do you have any advice for me? I am your lady. Yes. Um, with my oldest, I had a Pitocin-induced 36-hour labor. And the Pitocin <sighs> was on 10, people. 10. So that's like transition labor mm-hmm. for 36 hours. Um, because on the sonogram, they insisted she was over 10 pounds. When she, I know, I know. Looking back here, I'm like, if only I was educated. But, you know, I was really, I I mean, for me, this is young. You know, I was like, tw- I think 22. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wasn't as educated as I thought I was. You know, I read like out what I believe now to be outdated books, you know, whatever. Um, so, of course, that resulted in an emergency C-section. And then with um, Gemma, I went to my six-week appointment after Gia, and he told me, you're pregnant. So, um, yeah, I always joke. I mean, it was 100% me. It was my hormones. Matt looked like a piece of meat. I was like, hello. Dude, I can relate. I don't know how people... I was just like, oh, my God. People think I'm crazy, but I'm like, I was counting down the minutes and also not listening to the rules either. So I mean, I did not listen to them rules. I was like, I had a cesarean. That's not real. And well, Gemma came. And so, of course, I had just a scheduled cesarean because, you know, they tell you like you're too close. Um, mm-hmm. It's too close being pregnant um, to not have another. Mm-hmm. So then, um, you know, a few years go by and, um, of course I had Giada, which I talked about on your podcast mm-hmm. yeah. and how traumatic it was to have like a uterine abruption and then a forced stillbirth, mm-hmm. um, with her. And, um, I tried to have a home birth and then like in, it was incredible and then just went South. And then I went and of course it was a doctor that was the reason I had a home birth because I didn't feel safe with her. Mm-hmm. She ended up breaking Giada's neck and she died. And um, then, gosh, I think there's, is there four years? I think maybe four years difference um, between the birth of Giada and then Pearl. Mm-hmm. And then Pearl, my crazy ass mother-in-law, put me into labor. Um with her psycho antics and um I basically tried to uh stop the labor by myself because she did this at Christmas time mm-hmm. um when Matt was doing all of his finals so um he wasn't able to be with me and it was awful I was by myself I was in pain 
you know, I was terrified. Mm -hmm. And um, so this birth for me this time around, it's scary because I'm like, you know, God did give me a vision of a baby with um, the hand, his hands setting a crown upon the baby's head. And then it said redemption in jewels. Mm -hmm. And so my advice would be take time ask God and be like, God, give me some kind of hope Mm -hmm. that I can hold on to because I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you know, I've been real sick, um, for pretty much, I mean, who finds out they're pregnant at like four weeks? Me. I'm like, (laughs) um, but pretty much like up until, you know, like seven, like, so for three weeks, every night, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I just had this fear, like I'm going to lose this child, you know, like this baby is not going to make it. I'm going to have a miscarriage. I'm going to whatever. And I literally had to put Psalms 91 on Mm -hmm. and just get in the word and be like, God fights for me. He's my protector, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And when that happens, my soul feels okay. And so my thing is like, turn to Jesus, Mm -hmm. ask him, let him give you, you know, take away your fear, fears from the enemy. Mm -hmm. Um, He wants you to have, you know, a redemptive birth. He wants to place the specific people in your life. Like how you said, Mm -hmm. pray for every single thing. Mm -hmm. Get yourself friends who will sit and be in agreement with you. Mm-hmm. Pray that God brings people to support you and to love you through this. Mm-hmm. Because the last thing that he wants is for a child to be born in a place of fear. Mm. And it sucks. Because let me tell you, I have had to fight. I mean, every single kid that I've had, I've had to fight for them. Mm-hmm. You know, fight for the choices, fight for, you know... um, what I believe in and yeah I just that's like my advice is like just you know and nothing like think how we are like towards our children you know we want the best for them we don't want them to suffer we don't want them to go through things that's how God is with us Mm -hmm. and when our kids come to us and be like mom do you see you know like I really want spaghetti for dinner like you you want to give them spaghetti for dinner You know, it's like, it's not that big of a deal. All these things that are so big to us, God wants to give us those desires. So, you know. And the closer we grow to him, the more those desires align with the desires that he has for us. Beautiful. Yes. So, um, I definitely think like the, you know, the first question, how you answered it. And then this, like, I hope that you feel like empowered and feel like, um, you know, that you can have that support. Yeah, you are so worthy of having a beautiful birth. And yes. Like, God wants that for you. And I, I feel like it, it, I go back and forth sometimes because yes, I did have a traumatic first birth, but God allowed that to happen. And I've been able to use that story. And then the redemption yes. of my second birth of that home birth, like my dog's driving me crazy. <laughs> Dolly, go lay down. All I hear is her nails. I know. Like click, 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 <laughs> click, click, click. Sorry no, for whoever's fine. listening. If you have a, sensory issue (laughs) um but just like god was able to use that second birth and like like as i've been able to use that as a testimony now of like i sat and to what you were saying like i sat with god so much during my second pregnancy 
and I was so scared. And a lot of times it would come in the middle of the night, which that's like when spiritual warfare is the worst for me. Oh, when 100%. those spiritual beings are just absolutely after you and getting in your head. Yeah. And um, God, the God does not thoughts. give us the spirit of fear. Yeah. But a power, love and a sound mind of self-control. Yeah. And it's one of those, the, one of that aspects of like the self-control is to say, no, I'm not going to be sitting in this fear. I'm not going to think about this anymore. I'm yeah. not, I'm going to have the self-control to say, we are going to redirect to something else because when you focus in on it and that's all you think about, yeah, it truly does become real for your body. Like there is yes. very, there's a reason why the aspect of manifestation works because it is letting evil come in and truly like be present because you're thinking about it yeah all the time but that's why God also like warns us about that and says like that's not what I want for you yeah I want you to come to me so I can show you exactly what you're supposed to have in this situation and so to that also being really careful about who you invite to speak into your pregnancy and who you share things with because that trauma can just continue to like double in on itself and it can get so much worse and so I was extremely choosy about who I let to speak in to my second pregnancy and did sat with Jesus a lot and with other women who were just willing to pray over me and help me work through that trauma so that I could go into my second birth without the weight of all of that in my head. Yes. But there were certain people that I, they would remind me of, Oh, well this happened with your first. So why would you go? Why would you be at home? If that happened with your first, you know, you don't handle birth. Well, right. Those are not words you want spoken over you going into your birth. You don't handle birth. Well, like, uh, uh-uh. that's satanic. Absolutely I'd be like, not. not today. Satan. Absolutely not. So I didn't, I was super careful with who I shared my guest date with. I was super careful about, who I let invite to speak over any aspect of it. And we didn't tell people when I was in labor. Like, there were, like, a few people that knew, but that was it. Like, only people who were going to be praying yes. over me and Holden were allowed to be welcomed into that to that knowledge because I wasn't having it any other way. You don't need anything else speaking over. Like, you want only truth speaking over, spoken, speaking, good grief, spoken over you. <laughs> in that experience yeah yeah that's beautiful i love that okay we are our last question (laughs) all right um how do i become a better advocate for myself in birth and as a parent for my children Ooh, don't be afraid to get loud yes like i said before start with a good provider if you can yeah um also something i've been trying to work on is uh like the verbiage around that so not like, I don't really have a better word than provider currently, but like, they're not your end all be all. They are simply there to support you in the choices that you've already made. Yeah. Um, so making sure that you're getting fully informed consent, not rushing anything. Like yeah. 90% of the time, these decisions don't need to be rushed. Yes. Um, whether it's vaccines, whether it is. Um, induction whether it's even having a cesarean most emergency c-sections are not actually emergent and not necessary yeah if they are not immediately taking you back to the or like immediately if all of a sudden they like have said you need to have an emergency c-section like we got to get you back there and then they're all taking their sweet time getting back there it's not an emergency no it's not an emergency i could go so much deeper into all the technical aspects of that i won't for the sake of time um, but know that you can always say, hey, I need 
time time i would like come back in an hour come back in 15 minutes i'm gonna discuss this with my husband i'm gonna pray about this i'll let you know yeah or what are my other options and that that's where if you had a good provider to begin with they will not have an issue with that if they have an issue with that then it's either because like they make the sometimes we think that it's because there's actually an emergency, but most of the time it's because they're getting to the end of their shift, they're tired and exhausted, and just mm-hmm. being human because that's what happens yeah. too, um, or they have other factors influencing them, and I won't go into all of that either. But they're being bribed by pharmaceuticals. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I just want to say, like, you always have a choice. Now, one thing that I love that my midwife talks about is taking radical responsibility. And that means that if you are accepting this responsibility, that there might be a bad outcome to making the choice that you are making. Yeah. And that is where relying on God for wisdom comes into place. Totally. Because I had a friend that had, did the whole home birth thing, went to the hospital, the whole thing happened, and her baby actually did need an emergency c-section she needed to get out right then yeah and god gave them the wisdom to say you know what actually scrap all of this let's go and do this and it was a life-saving measure and she was so glad that she listened to god Mm. but i've had a lot of friends on the opposite side of that that it was not necessary and they endured so much more trauma i mean it's a it's it's major surgery yes it's not it's not something to take lightly and so um I just, I don't even remember how I got to all of this, but I just would say, like, get loud. (laughs) Yeah. Be willing to say, I need, I'm going to take responsibility in this moment. And if something bad happens, then so be it. But I need some time to think about this and to make sure that my body feels safe and okay with this decision and that this is what God is telling me to do and that I'm not just um, making a decision out of fear because you can make a decision out of reverence for the moment but you do not need to make a decision a hundred percent so um i would say that and then be willing to make sure that you're on the same page with your partner like yeah. you don't need to be walking into your P- this, i mean this is even with kids just you don't need to be walking into your pediatrician's office um and be on two different pages about what you're doing for your kids like Make sure that you're on the same page before you even go into that office. Yes. Um, that's, again, choose a good person. There's not. There's other options outside of just regular pediatricians. If that's I thought you were talking go. about a husband right now. Like, oh, choose yeah. Choose a good person. Choose a good husband, Make too. a wise decision <laughs> on that man. <laughs> yeah. Beyond, I mean, these are things that me and my husband discussed even before we got married of, like, what I wanted for my kids. And yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest. We were not on the same page with a lot of things. And I, by the grace of God, he changed his mind on things like god showed him certain things and revealed things and he changed his mind and now we are on the same page yeah um but there was a lot of arguments unnecessary arguments about things that and anxiety on my part of like i don't know what's going to happen when we get to this age and he's supposed to be getting x y and z because i'm not comfortable with that but thankfully god changed his mind but um yeah get on the same page with your partner i feel like that's really important and just know that you have options but if you're in an office, you don't have to stay there. Yeah. Like if you're in an office and they're trying to force you to do something, you can leave. Like yeah. try not to get yourself in the position to begin with, but you are always allowed to leave. You are always allowed to walk out of that hospital. You might have to, you don't, honestly, you don't even have to sign their little form that you're leaving against medical advice. Oh, that's yeah. for them. That's not for you. Right. And that's not a, like you are allowed to walk out of any building. You cannot be held 
hostage and honestly it gets really complicated when you have babies like in the NICU because they can help hold them hostage and I could go into all of that I've I've also lived it um I had to sign I had to I wish I would have had more support it was 2020 nobody could come in the hospital to support me and so I ended up signing a form that said that I was not mentally well so that they would not discharge me before my baby was getting discharged from the NICU because oh they God. were literally holding him hostage because of a decision I made that they were not in happy with. agreement with. Yeah, they were not happy. Worst. I gave in to the decision. He immediately had after effects. He had a seizure within 15 minutes of having the vitamin K shot after I had already signed a form saying no. The doctor came in and said he's bleeding from his brain and he will die if you don't give him this. I've si- I re-signed the other form. They gave it to him. He had a seizure 15 minutes later. Shut and up. then they immediately took him to the NICU. And within a few minutes, um, another nurse came in and said, I, I explained what happened. And she was like, oh, he wasn't bleeding from his brain. I don't know why he told you that. And it was because he was mad. And it, it was totally like there was admittance on all sides after I'd already had like actual birth trauma from another midwife in the room. Also, look up the difference between a CPM and a CNM please because they are not the same right um I'm like sorry I'm just like all of the advice listen but here get um just get get loud get bold I wish yeah. I would have never signed that form that said I was mentally unwell I wish I would have just said I will not be discharged until this baby is in my arms and I do not have to sign a form that says I am mentally unwell right and it they made it sound like that's your choice so you either sign this or you stay in the parking garage or you drive an hour home like, they wanted me to sleep in a parking garage. That's insane. Two days postpartum. So, um, yeah, I have a lot I could say about that. But yeah, just do not be afraid to go to God to make decisions yeah. and to get loud and to ask for bravery and to ask for the perseverance because yes. sometimes it will be really, really hard. Um, but God will also give you the wisdom if you are in that scenario and he will give you wisdom if you go to him beforehand right. of how to hopefully avoid this, those scenarios because they are often avoidable. If yes. we just say, no, this is not going to work for me. I'm going to leave now. They, they can't do anything. Right. They, they really can't. So. And like also like praying for courage. Yeah. Like yeah. having courage. Um, You know, Oh my gosh. It's like, I feel like it's so hard for us as society to stand up to people in authority. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I can go down the whole rabbit hole of why this is like, you know, we're told to go in school, sit there for eight hours, be quiet, Mm -hmm. listen to your teacher. She's the all out end all. Don't question authority. Don't whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know why my dog eats so loud. My God. (laughs) Um, She's like licking her chops. Um, But at the end of the day, there is literally legislation that has been put into effect in the 80s where your doctor is not responsible if something happens to your baby. Yep. If something happens to your baby and your child is injured, you are responsible to take care of that child for the rest of its life, not the doctor. Mm -hmm. So you need to find that little Mila, that little Riley inside of you and stand up for your child with informed knowledge. Yeah. You know, like there's the the pharmaceutical companies cannot be sued for any effects right. that happen with the vaccines. Yes. Like all of these things, like let's just get real about it. Like it's not, it is our 
responsibility right to deal with all of the after effects we have and more than just that we have to stand before god one day and account for every single decision that we make for our children right these are not things to be taken lightly in everything every aspect you know so it's kind of like like for you know me and my husband we both have um mthfr yep i couldn't believe when i was fighting for pearl how many doctors and you know people who were in residence because I was in a teaching hospital I literally went back to the hotel room that I was staying at and made packets because they thought it was fun to send people in to argue with me mm-hmm. about what Pearl what they deemed was necessary for Pearl mm-hmm. I just ended up making packets and handing it to them and being like here are scientific studies that support my decision yep you know, and not everybody. Which, sits FYI, around. you don't even have to do that, right? Like you that don't. was very kind of you because I have I been was in so that. Sick of them. I've been in that scenario before because I have MTHFR two and yeah. so do my kids. Reasoning why Hayden had the seizure and why yes. I had already decided not to do it, um, and went back on it. But and I really regret that. But it's fine. God has forgiven me. I've forgiven myself. It's fine. But yeah. um, you don't even have to do that. Like right. they are not. You don't owe them anything. Right. And as women, we have this con- mental concept that we owe everyone an explanation for everything. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Just say no. No is no. We yes. tell our sons no means no. The same goes for everybody else. Yep. No means no. And you don't have to tell them yep. why. So my prayer for you is to have courage mm-hmm. to, you know, um, I constantly pray in so many aspects of my life, not just with the restaurant, with everything like, Lord, give me wisdom, give me knowledge. You know, mm-hmm. I realize that not everybody has insomnia and reads legislation and scientific <laughs> studies because they can't sleep. Like I'm not normal, but, um, same, I'm like, you know, I'm like, but the thing is, is that this is why we surround ourselves with people in our lives mm-hmm. who will help us yeah. and who will be our advocate. Yeah. You, you need know? information. I got it all in a folder on my laptop. I will have like, it over to let's you go. in minutes. You know, yeah. but pray for God to bring people like that in your life. Um, this dog's driving me crazy, but I think it's because we're sitting on her couch that she <laughs> has claimed as her own. And she's like, doesn't understand why we're sitting here and she can't come here. But, um. And like, you know, if your heart's desire is to have a doula, but there is no financial way for that to happen, pray for God to make a way. Yeah. Girl, pray for a miracle. Get you a friend. I just had a girl on my podcast a few weeks ago talk to me about this. of Because we were talking about maternal care deserts and like the lack of options for people. Hmm. Doulas. Like it used, what did we used to do? We used to just show up as women who had given birth yeah. and support our friends so true this is not 2020 anymore you don't have to have all these certifications to walk up into a hospital with your friend you are allowed to have anybody you want i love that grab a friend i will be your friend like (laughs) will you be my friend (laughs) you know what i mean like it doesn't have to necessarily be if like the finances aren't there to have a trained and certified doula which is great those skills are amazing i'm not discounting that at all i wish everyone could have one but like you do not like if you need just need someone to be there grab a woman who you know is gonna be there for you who's gonna hold your hand who is gonna pray advocate who is going to help advocate for you yes who is going to say um hey that nurse is doing something that you did not want her to do yeah and get loud about it because you're literally pushing (laughs) down there yeah um so yeah like I'm just saying, like, you don't you don't have to have 
someone who's actually certified if you don't have the finances to do that yeah Yeah. no I love that I mean I just like oh I just want everyone to feel like so supported and to just have the most like beautiful birth Mm -hmm. and beautiful experience Mm -hmm. you know and I think that um when you do have like traumatic births like your heart is so softened and so tender towards um like the pregnant woman Mm -hmm. and you know how um beautiful and like what an incredible time it is for Mm -hmm. them like their life is literally about to change yeah like totally in one day yeah you know so um Gosh, this was so good. We got so passionate. I know. And fiery. Like, hopefully I'm not, like, busting Ho- out the mic. <laughs> um, hopefully I didn't offend 700 million people. Yeah. But, I mean, either way, the beauty about being people and, you know, is that we respect how each other feels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you have an opinion that doesn't agree with mine, I don't care. Like, I'm still going to love you anyways mm-hmm. and feed you. So, you know, is there anything else that you want to add? I don't think so. Just know that no matter where you're coming from, no matter the kind of support that you do or don't have, you are enough. God is going to equip you to do the job of being the mother that you are about to become. Beautiful. He is going to hold you through this. And if you just lean into him, it will be a completely life-changing experience it's gonna change your life either way but like when you do it with god it's just so much sweeter and those nights when you're up leaking and sore and just trying to learn this new human you are not alone because god is there with you like your husband might be really annoyingly snoring next to you with his useless nipples yeah but um god will hold you through that and like that starts in your pregnancy like if you lean into that in your pregnancy it completely changes the whole journey Love through it. birth through postpartum all of it so i really just encourage yes. people to just lean in to jesus because he he can like i don't know he can just transform the whole thing yeah, yeah. miracles on miracles baby yeah it's so amazing. i love that so much thank you so much for watching listening looking at us being crazy <laughs> um Thanks for just being here with us. I'm going to remind you to click the likey, click the subscribe, and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. What am I missing? What am I missing? Facebook. Facebook. And like anywhere that you like to listen to a podcast. Yes. We are here for you to advocate for you, to love you, and kind of yell at you. So anyways, thanks for coming. I love you. Tanti bachi.